and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 185. I am one of your uh, spooky co-hosts, uh, Brian Frilliman. I am joined by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess. <laughs> and uh, uh, also Brogan King, who's going to have to follow that up. Uh, I got, I got <laughs> nothing. Hi, it's Brogan. Is this the Halloween episode, guys? If you're not listening to this on Halloween, just for some context. Yes, this is this is Judge Cast of Horrors. Ooh, do we have like a spooky plant? Uh, no, but uh, actually, I was gonna make like a Sims, like a Simpsons rep- reference from like 20 years ago. So fair. Um, yes. Uh, well, what? Well, who are you gonna vote for? It's a two-party system. Ha ha ha. Uh, no. I was like, I was gonna do this thing. I'm not gonna do it. And then proceeded to do it. And then I did it horribly. Yes. Well, that's that's actually in keeping with the theme tonight is just doing things horribly. Uh, so uh, tonight is, or this particular episode right here, is going to be more of a uh, a small little tidbits episode. Uh, it's it's going to be a amalgamation, a conglomeration. Uh, we're going to assemble a contraption, as it were, Ooh. of several smaller topics that we found interesting that maybe a casual read through the policy docs might not, uh, you might not be able to find, or you might skip over, or maybe like a neat rules interaction or something like that. But it's just going to be a lot of uh, things, little small things that aren't necessarily connected together into a larger theme. Yeah, it's not necessarily all just, oh, here's a bunch of judge daggers, but it is, here are some neat things that you may have not found or had to interact with yet. Right. So, uh, does anyone have any, any one in particular that they want to start off with? I could start, if you want. I, I, my Go first, for it. The, the thing I want to talk about, the fun thing I want to talk about, if you will, that's uh, from the rules is, has been for a long time my favorite rule. Uh, and it is 100.6b. Uh, and 100.6b is players can use the magic store and event locator at wizards.com slash locator to find tournaments in their area. I feel like you just phoned it in with that one, Jess. Everyone knows uh, about the wizards event locator. Uh, it's, it's, I, I did, but I thought it was a good one to start with. And so here's what I love about this rule. Here's what I really love. Tell us if I'm sitting really here playing love. magic and I at a tournament and I ask you, Hey, how'd you find out about this tournament today? And you go, Oh, my buddy told me, can I call a judge and be like, he's violated a game rule because he, he needs a warning. He didn't well, get his, his no. Cause it says he can. Yes. Uh, and the magic rules it. the magic rules are exclusive. You can't do anything that's not in the magic rules. Oh, well, so, huh. so that is the only way you can. <laughs> that is the only way you can. Well, let me, let me ask this. If you're at a tournament, and you decide in the middle of the event that you want to look up a uh, in the in the middle of the match if you, that you want to look up uh, where uh, to find an event locator. Are you violating the uh, the electronic uh, di- uh, the electronic device policy in the MTR? Uh, yes, you are because there's a comprehensive rule that says that the comprehensive rules can be superseded by the tournament rules. Oh man, so I can't actually so I have to pull out my paper copy of wizards.com slash locator? Yes you do. <laughs> but is that outside notes? Is that, yeah, does that, oh, that kind of sideboard? I can't notes? actually right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> my paper copy of the website that I downloaded in advance. Is this like MapQuest? 
It's it's like <laughs> we downloaded the it's, map to get to to the event. Now we need to look at our other list of th- things right. to find where to go. I, I, I want to print the screen that has the map with that store on it. So just in the middle of a game, I could just slam the map on the table and go there. It's right there. <laughs> oh, so so. For- uh, slightly amusing aside on for something similar to that. Uh, several years ago, I was in uh, Madrid, uh, wandering around the city uh, by myself, and I had no map. Like I didn't have a map of the city. So what I did was I found like a, a Wi-Fi hotspot, and then did uh, uh, like the, the the GPS got the got the location, and and took several screenshots of the surrounding area. And then as I walked around, I just used, I used that to navigate the city. Hmm. Well, you just took screenshots of locations? Well, I, I, I was like, okay, here's, here's where I am on the map, screenshot. Now I'm going to walk down this road, you know, until this point, screenshot, screenshot. And then I'm going to go over here, screenshot, screenshot, so you screenshot. Took, you took screenshots of the map? Yes. Okay. That's, yeah, it works. It did. And uh, I, I got to I got to move around the move around the city. All right, thanks. That's that's a that's a fun rule that uh, that judges like to bring up as soon as they know about them. Um, know about it. Uh, now here's a here's another uh, neat neat rule that's in the it's in the NTR. Since we were just talking about that, um, it's from section four dot two. It says. A player may not request priority and take no action with it. Um, there's a little bit more, but imagine what would happen if playing a game and you're just going by the comprehensive rules. It's uh, active player's main phase, and you say, hey, can I have priority? Now, in order for you to get priority, what does the active player have to do? They have to pass priority to you. So they go, yeah, sure, here you go. Have your, have your priority. <laughs> Enjoy your priority. Enjoy your priority, sir. And you say, no thanks, I will pass priority back to you. Now, technically, we just went into uh, beginning combat, right? Uh, that's kind of a real jerk thing to do. Uh, so this <laughs> rule right here, because imagine... Right, it's like, oh, I'm doing a thing. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're going to be that, that, you're going to play that way, huh? Um, but no, this says a player may not request priority and take no action with it. So I'm not allowed to do that. But... Uh, if a player decides he or she does not wish to do anything, the request is nullified and priority is returned to the player that originally had it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so if you mm-hmm. try to do that, uh, the game just says, or the MTR just says, You never got no. that priority in the first place? No. So this Go is, away. This is an interesting rule because it's, it's designed to prevent what you just described, but because it is a rule... Um, and I think this is, is there st- not a similar rule in uh, in the cop rules, or is it just in the MTR? I think it's just in the it's MTR. Just the MTR. Okay, so so MTGO actually does something very similar to this. When uh, it's my turn and I pass priority to you, if you were to like click on an instant, but then change your mind before you paid anything and hit cancel, it passes priority back to me. Oh, really? Yeah, and we go through another priority pass. Uh, huh. because I think it actually might just be that the game has considered that an action. Uh, so the, but, the act of you having a stop in your opponent's upkeep or something? No, no, having a stop isn't enough. But if I were to click on a card, even if oh. I say cancel and don't use that card, or I click on an activated ability, even if I just don't use it because I don't pay for it or, or accidentally clicked on it or something, it gives, give, gives my opponent back priority. 
Interesting. Uh, yeah, just a weird thing. Uh, it doesn't do much other than let your no- your opponent know you had something you clicked on. Uh, it's just a weird. I, I, I thought it might be related to this, but Moto doesn't actually use the MTR, so probably not. But it, it seems connected. That seems like a rebellious teenager. I don't use the MTR. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Give me some of your tots. I wasn't uh, trying to be Napoleon Dynamite, but that's where we landed. So. <laughs> well, what about you, Brogan? Do you have a, a rule you want to go over? Something. Um, fun and, and fancy. Well, I have a very specific sort of interaction that I thought was was neat. But first, I want to tell the spookiest thing that you will hear all all forever. Uh, and that is that I realized I actually like Commander. Ooh. Uh, that's not spooky. Join us. No, um, that's... that's uh, I'm, I'm, under, I'm saddened. Under I'm saddened very, <laughs> very specific circumstances, which... Is just I would like to play with people that I know and like in a in an environment where I'm not going to be harassed by randos and also where everyone is playing decks that aren't just trying to kill the table. If I so you said if I just you said you know and like them. Is it possible to like them and not know them? Uh, maybe. Like if <laughs> if, if if I don't if uh, somebody else vouches for them being a reasonable human. I can. I'll put well, that think, on baseline. I like. think it's possible. Like it's it's basically Schrodinger's cat. Uh, like like whether or not you like them before you know them, you you don't know whether right. or not you don't like them. It's, you it's you simultaneously like and they they are oh. you know it's they're in the quantum state of of being awesome, an awesome person or a total jerk. They are like uh, and unlike at the player. same time. What Schrodinger's EDH player? Yes, Schrodinger's EDH play. They're just sitting um, in a box, comboing off by themselves. Right, right, right. They're either they're either a great person or a horrible misanthrope. You don't know which. <laughs> right, and then you open the box and and they're a horrible misanthrope. And they're playing Duretti or something. Uh, yeah, so I don't know like what this means. I just like to play too many cards and draw cards and do dumb stuff. That's all I want. That's all I want. I. I. That's why. That's what all any of us want, except for those people. That's unfortunately the larger majority of people who could play Commander that I know. But the larger majority, as opposed to that smaller. Yeah, the majority. smaller majority. You know. <laughs> no, the smaller majority is abs- is absolutely the the. Yeah, you're as, just you you're just playing with people that are ultra competitive. You need to play with people that just like getting drunk and and I, I playing a Susuko the Seasons Guide. I don't mind the ultra competitive thing. The, the 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 fun games of Commander that I have played were all two player games of Commander with these super tuned decks. Basically, just playing you know Highlander Vintage at that point. That's um, cute. Like you're playing you're playing like the the. You're playing a five-color commander just because that way you can play all the colors. You can play everything. Yeah, you don't actually care what your commander is. You're just playing it. It That's heresy. (laughs) Who's your commander? Progenitus, because that gives me access to everything. There now exists a a pirate commander deck in my home that uh, a Ramirez de Pietro may have been purchased for more than $5. (laughs) Oh. How much do they, what do they go for? It's like $9 or something crazy like that. Right. So anyway, I, I don't even know what that does. So I'm, I'm voting it's, the it's move a, It on. doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It is a bad card. It's a very bad okay. card. It's a legend. It's not very good. Um, All right. 
an actual rule thing is uh so related to commander uh that i uh thought was neat is uh let's say that i have it that betrays uh oh i love that card it, what uh, is that's, it? that's the one that uh when when whenever uh, an opponent sacrifices something you put it into play under your control yeah if if you okay. sack something i get it um, okay it, more specifically, it says when an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent, put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Um, let's say I have an it that betrays, and uh, Jess, you sack your commander. Because, because it that betrays has annihil- as uh, Annihilator. It does have Annihilator. So it attacks, you have to sacrifice stuff. Right, so I sacrifice my commander. Uh, I get to choose whether to put it in the graveyard or as a replacement effect... I can put it in the command zone because that's a, a replacement effect built into the commander rules. Um, but the cool thing about this zone change trigger is that it's going to look and see where the card is in whatever zone it went to when it left the battlefield. So even if it goes to the command zone, this trigger is going to find it there and it's going to yeah. put it into play under your control. Yeah. I, yeah, it's not whenever whenever a creature an opponent control dies. Yeah, right. it's the sacrificing bit. Uh so what happens later if then if 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 I have your commander and I swing it at people and it's still a commander uh and then that dies what happens to it then So you're attacking with my commander Yeah um I don't know the answer to this question because I don't I, actually know the rule well to, enough I get to decide or if it's my commander I get to decide whether it goes to my graveyard or to my command zone mm-hmm. Okay yeah that's Yep, it's still that was going to be my thought, but I was not sure. Yeah, that it's it's still your commander, even if I have it. Yeah, I think I think the way the rules work is if the commander's going to go somewhere, you always get you the the owner of the card get to decide where it's going to go. Right. Yeah. There's it goes to the there's there, it's always your commander. You always get to choose where it goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's even uh-huh. there's even something like if somehow the commander gets exiled from your library face down, it's still no, you still get to choose like that that used to be a thing where uh that got around the commander uh uh the uh, the commander crap, I'm, I'm blanking on the words, the replacement effect. That's awkward. Like if you yeah, if you if you exiled it if you exiled it from the library face down, so if it got shuffled in the library and then you did something to exile cards from exile uh, from the library face down, uh, then you'd be like, ha ha, your commander is permanently inaccessible to you because you weren't able to to decide at the time. But now it's it's there's some rule, and maybe I'll have to look it up before before. Uh, before the end of the podcast, but it's something like if you're going to exile and face down, you kind of have to look to see if one of them is the commander, and if it is, you got to give them the choice. Oh goodness, you got to you got to do a little peek. Is yeah. this my commander? Yeah, I'm not is I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I'll, I'll look it I'll look it up before the end of the episode. Are you my commander? I, I opened a new can of worms. Uh, yeah, it might it might be that the opponent peeks and then has to tell you oh. or something. All right, what else? <laughs> Let's. What else do we What's, have here? Who's, who's next? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna talk something, some some neat stuff about shuffling. Uh, so shuffling's a, a part of the comp rules that we've never had. It's not large enough to dedicate a, a full episode on, but we, we we think about you know shuffling and how to sufficiently randomize your, your decks and stuff like that. But there's actually rules in, involving uh, shuffling and when to shuffle stuff like that. Um, so so. 
what what shuffling is is randomizing a, a library or a pile of face down cards so that no player knows the order. What's interesting is though there's some abilities like with Cascade that tell you to put you know put a bunch of cards on the bottom of your library in random order. That's not shuffling, even though shuffling is putting cards in a random order. Uh, putting cards in a random order is not shuffling. So, uh, yeah. All cows are mammals, not all mammals That's are cows. A, yeah, exactly. So, so if I cascade through my entire library, when I put them back in a random order, I have not shuffled my library? You've not shuffled that... your library. Okay, cool. cool. Okay, <laughs> okay. Cozy's so Trickster cares. Sweet. So things that, things that trigger off of, yes, Cozy's Trickster or what is it, Psychogenic Probe? Um, things that trigger off of shuffling yeah. don't trigger. Okay. So now here's, here's, here's an absurd little rule right here. <laughs> If if a player if a card in a player's library is revealed, like the topmost card of a person's library is is revealed, and you shuffle that card, and I don't know why this matters, uh, is considered a new object even though it didn't change zones. Most of the time, when when uh, things change zone, they're considered new objects. In this particular case, though, the card staying in the same zone is being considered a new object. So you don't know where that revealed card is anymore. That. Uh, if uh, if an effect, if so, like a spell or something like that, uh, causes tells you to shuffle one or more specific objects into the library, uh, that library is shuffled even if none of those objects uh, are in the the zone they're expected to be in. So what basically is there's a there's a card that says it's called Black Sun's Zenith. Uh, upon resolution, it tells you to shuffle it into its owner's library. Um, so if uh, uh, if you're able to like cast it with flashback, so flashback says if you need to uh, if if it would go anywhere else other uh, other than exile, it gets exiled instead. So when you go to try and shuffle it into the library, well, it's trying to change zones to the library, so it's going to go to exile instead. So there's nothing to shuffle into the library, but you're still going to shuffle your library because of this rule. So yeah, I think there was a there was a big hullabaloo about things like this where if uh in, in some some event i was judging where someone was like well i can still shuffle right uh if it was uh players can't search libraries uh what card is that that's a card uh leonin arbiter um well no there's a there's a it's a hard stop there's one that just says players can't search libraries yeah i don't, I don't um, actually recall um but so if i cast uh, path to exile, and you in response cast this thing telling me I can't search my library. Do I still get to shuffle? You do not. Which I think is weird. To I think that's very strange. Yeah, well, it's because it's because you uh you may choose to search your library with path to exile, and uh, we don't reach that may if we can't search. That's right. correct. Right. Yeah. So so if uh, if Let's say you have a Leo and an Arbiter, and you cast Path to Exile uh, targeting my creature, and I can't afford to pay, so I don't, uh, and I, I exile that creature, I cannot choose to search the library because that's not that's not an option. That is not right something now. you're allowed to do. Right. Now, um, uh, that gets weird with effects that like require you to search the library. So, for example, uh, if I uh, crack a fetch... Okay, there are multiple instructions there. Um, so I crack a fetch, and oh, it doesn't work. You can't search. Uh, shuffling is still viable there, right? 
because it says because... search your library and then it tells you to shuffle. That's part of the, that's that's part of the instruction. Like it's not like you. Yeah. It's not can't, like you it's not have like you chose not to do, to do it so. exactly. Right. Yeah, so it's really weird because shuffling isn't actually connected to the searching per se, but on those effects where you're choosing to search, it's then predicated upon yeah. the search. It's predicated My... upon the choice, I should say. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's another. Black orb is the card. Okay. A uh, three and a blue for an artifact. Players can't search libraries. Okay. Yeah, there was this really interesting... Related to that, it's like, can I just... If I want to shuffle, can I shuffle? It's uh, a good question. Can you shuffle? <laughs> just for no reason. Uh, yeah, sometimes you just want to shuffle your library. <laughs> just for, for funsies. No, no, you cannot. Yeah. All right. Um, you got I've got more... a couple... Of... I was going to ask I've, if I've... Brian had any more shuffly things. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's one more kind of weird thing. Uh, so a little bit of uh, rulesy stuff. It says if an effect would co- so that rule, the first rule that we talked about was if an effect would cause a player to shuffle one or more specific objects into a library. This one is if an effect would cause a player to shuffle a set of objects into the library. That shuffle that shuffle happens even if there are no objects in the set. You go what? So the example in the comp rules is it says. Loaming Shaman has an ability that says when Loaming Shaman enters the battlefield, target player shuffles any number of target cards from his or her graveyard into his or her library. Um, you can target no cards, and if you do, uh, you're still shuffling that library. <laughs> uh, because the set of objects, which is the cards targeted, uh, has zero objects in the set. Bet you didn't think you'd be talking about set theory in a Halloween episode of JudgeCast, but there we go. So spooky. We have a null set is causing you to shuffle your library. Yep. Sounds right. It does sound uh, right. <laughs> Sounds wrong. I think actually. actually, so the thing you mentioned earlier about how uh, if there's a card like revealed on top of your library and it gets shuffled in, it becomes a new object. Uh, I think that's actually relevant if you end up with the same card revealed, uh, which can happen sometimes just randomly, because that way there's never a question of whether it's the same card oh, oh no but i only have sense. one in my deck right well so <laughs> it's so, clearly know, the, the same, same card yeah trust me so so well there's no way to really verify it for either player if you if you randomize correctly but if it were not a new object then technically that should be known information which isn't possible so making it a new object kind of makes sense to me i well i was thinking about it because it never changes zones yeah right I thought that might be meaningfully useful just for the, like, if I have seen the top seven cards of your library, and then, like, I, I don't know that they're the same cards if they if they move around. I don't know. There's, like, if, if, if you've been brainstorming and you know, like, what the, the, you've just been shuffling the same cards around on the top of your deck, and somehow I've seen them, I... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is also yeah, exactly. Well, this is actually I think if if the top card of the library is um, is revealed, I think this is really relevant with scrying, right? Yep. So I scry with the top card of the library revealed, and then I reorder them. Uh, you don't get to know whether what? it was the same forest on top or exactly. a different forest on oh, top. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so so I don't. You don't have to be like, no, I need to know whether it's the same object or not. No, you don't. It's a new object, it's no matter a, what. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Which right. also means I get to tell you that's a new forest, even if it's the only forest left in my deck. Ooh, yeah, because it's I got a, all them forests. It's a new object. Yeah, yes. don't you? Oh, it's different art. Come on now. <laughs> you play with for you play with basics with the different art scrub. I actually <laughs> love playing with basics with different art. 
That way I knew uh, when I drew my cards. Uh, it's I like, a, it, I like, it's, all right. I want to get to my, my next one because it's one I wanted to talk about. Do it, do uh, it. So let's, let's do it. Uh, it's actually a thing that's been talked about a lot recently. Um, and I was at uh, Grand Prix Phoenix this weekend and we talked a, a lot about it on the floor. But I think it's a really interesting kind of corner casey thing that not a lot of people are familiar with. So I'm going to talk about it. Uh, and that is an effect that has to do with Scarab God. Or rather, it's an effect that's printed on Scarab God. <laughs> the, uh, the actual card, Scarab God. Yeah, and I brought the rule up that's relevant, but I didn't actually bring Scarab God up. So hold on a second. Let me do that. Yeah, I can I can read it. Uh, if... uh, hold on. Scarab, I've, I've got it right here. So Scarab God, uh, the relevant ability says uh, pay two blue-black, exile target creature from a graveyard, create a token creature. That's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. Now, this this is really a two-part thing. The first part is the one people have been uh, talking about, which is if I were to uh, use that ability to reanimate a clone, the the one that's in standard people are using is uh, Vizier of Many Faces, but clone works just as well. Anything that enters the battlefield as a copy of uh, another creature. Uh, The question is, well, is that thing going to be a 4-4 because of the Scarab God's uh, ability that makes it a 4-4 uh, and black and a zombie? Uh, or is it going to be an actual copy of all that stuff and ignore 4-4 black and zombie? Um, yeah, this is this has been all over the cub, place. Right? It's Bear Cub, right? Uh, it's no, Rune Claw it's a, Bear. It's a, it's a Rune Claw Bear, yeah. Uh, can't I'll go let with... me have that. You can't let me have Bear Cub, can you? <laughs> I, I want... Uh, Halloween rune, rune claw bear dressed up as a bear cub. Anyway. Oh, hey, it, yeah, it's Halloween. It's a, it's a, it's a like walking zombie or whatever that is. Um. So, anyway, uh, so here's how that works. So the scarab god's ability that that activated ability that exiles a creature card. Um. A lot of people think, oh, this is a continuous effect. It applies in the copy layer, and they would be incorrect to think that. See, if let's pretend for a moment that Scarab God, instead of saying exile it and then create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie, it said exile it and then create a token that's a 2-2 green bear. It's a walking okay. corpse. It's a yeah, walking corpse. That was one I think. But let's say let's say it just had this ability that made a 2-2 green bear. Okay. Those are not continuous effects that exist in the power and toughness layer or the color layer or the type layer. That's just an ability that that creates a token, and the characteristics of that token are that it's a 2-2, that it's green, and that it's a bear. Uh, and those characteristics were defi- defined by the effect that created it. Uh, specifically, the, the rule that says this is 613.1, which is the first one, uh, the first rule under continuous effects and the interaction of continuous effects. And it says, the value of an object's characteristics are determined by starting with the actual object. And for a card, that means the value of the characteristics printed on the card. For a token or a copy of a spell or card, that means the value of the characteristics defined by the effect that created it. Then all continuous effects are applied in a series of layers in the following order, and then it lists the layers. Um, So in this case, the Scarab God's ability creates this token... And when it defines its characteristics, all it's doing is 
referencing the characteristics of the other card to to set its base characteristics. So basically, we look at all of that copy information and the part where it's a four four black zombie as as just the base layer. If this were a card, that's what would be printed on it, and then and then the copy effect from the clone that gets applied is uh, is applied then in layer one and just overrides all of that stuff because all of that stuff is basically what's printed on the card and, and being overridden by the effect in the copy layer. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes sense. It was just um, a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. So that was part one. <laughs> part, Go so on. Part Hold two. On. I wasn't aware that this question was going to have multiple parts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, I stu- it. I didn't right. study did. for this. All right. Yeah. So pop quiz. Uh, so here's where we get fun. Uh, there's a card called Quicksilver Gargantuan. Now, Quicksilver Gargantuan is similar to a clone, uh, but it's not a 0-0 like most clone cards are. It's a 7-7, and it says that it can enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature that's on the battlefield, except it's still a 7-7. So if Scarab God exiles a Quicksilver Gargantuan to make a token copy of it, when it enters the battlefield, and let's say it copies that uh, – that that. <laughs> I hear you whispering. Um, let's say it copies that Runeclaw bear or bear grizzly bear. Cub. I can hear its, its ghost wandering Spookiest the bear cubs. Spookiest bear cubs. Uh, so let's say that you uh, – then you have the, cop, uh, the, the token copy of Quicksilver Gargantuan enter the battlefield copying the Runeclaw bear. What is its power and toughness? Is it a – 2-2 two, two because it's copying it. Is it a 7-7 seven, seven because of the exception on the Quicksilver Gargantuan? Or is it a 4-4 four, four because of the exception on the Scarrow God? Ooh, it's a 4-4? Four, four? Yes, it's a 4-4. Four, four. What? This is, this is, yeah, it's crazy. Got him. So uh, the way this works, it's really interesting. To me, it's really interesting. Some people just think it's stupid, but to me, it's really interesting. <laughs> so just, uh, it's stupid. So uh, there's a rule, 706.9b, that says some copy effects specifically state that they don't copy certain characteristics and instead retain their original values. These effects use the phrase, except its characteristic is still value. And that's a quote. Okay. So if you were to look at this object as it's entering the battlefield, this token copy that we've created as it's entering the battlefield, it would not say it's still a 7-7. It would instead say it's still a 4-4 because that is referencing the value on that object. Basically, what this rule says is this sentence, except its characteristic is still value. In this case, its power toughness is 7-7. Seven, seven. This, this rule means that that sentence doesn't mean what it says. That's so what it means dumb. Is, what it means is <laughs> don't copy that characteristic. Right. Uh, so, and, that's, and that's fine in 99.99% of the cases. Right. Yeah, it, it was fine until we, we right. started in, in embalming token copies. Right. In, in all non-Scarab God cases. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, I Gift know. of the God Pharaoh does the same no thing. No two people yeah. are not Scarab God. Anyway, what? I have no idea what you all right. just said. Uh, all right. Can, so that's why we that's move my, on. Yeah, that's my fun, like, Scarab God explanation. There's been a lot of questions about that. We spent a lot of time talking about it at GP Phoenix, so I thought I'd mention it and bring it up. Can I ask our listeners to Photoshop copies of bear cubs holding, like, a trick-or-treat pumpkin and send them to Jess, please? Because he apparently (laughs) needs 
Not not post oh, no. Judge Caswell. Just just send it to Jess. I I might get inundated with uh uh with all this stuff. So so send my email me. is bpril at no I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, send, send it to me. Post one Judge Cast. Bear Cubs with like little little bags of candy. And and if they have like oh. big big sad eyes too. Okay, I really do though want a bear cub with except it's just a sheet ghost with the holes cut out for the eyes and still with the little butterfly landing on its yeah, nose. Yes, <laughs> I want. For those this. of you that for those of you that are uh, relatively new listeners, uh, the reason that they keep bringing this up is that way back in the day, uh, they used to refer to that card. Anytime they needed an example of something, and I would always say Runeclaw Bear, and I would always use Runeclaw Bear instead because at the time that was in standard, and I was insisted that we should use standard cards whenever possible because new judges are likely to only know standard cards. And Brian was just like, I don't know standard cards. I don't play no, this game. No, no, no. And that so... was not. <laughs> it was it was Bear like Cubs the, cute. Like they the... need to learn them. They need to learn them some Bear Cub. The Brian accent there was was uh, was good. What? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna learn them some bear cub. It's that that their bear cub. That's a vanilla tutu. Right. It's pretty adorable, and and, and no rune claw bear is uh is it as adorable as them uh them rune, uh. I might bear. I might get you like a a plush bear for Christmas. That would be Judge Cast plush bear. Aww. Judge Cast plush uh, bear. That would be. Oh. We, we need good. we need two plush two plushes. Ones that's a rune claw bear. One that's oh man, a oh man. Cub. Can it be a can it be a plush two plush two bear? Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> yes, it can. Did a hey, uh, uh, Brogan several yes. several years ago? We we actually did uh, uh, or I did like a little a little chart uh, indicating bestow. And oh yeah, you made it. You made a bestow uh, like a celestial bear cub. Okay, yeah. celestial bear cub that had the bestow Aww. ability, and it had it had keyword cute, and Aww. it was it was pretty adorable. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to bust that picture <laughs> wanna... out. Yeah, you'll have to uh, get that one out so we can we can show people again. I want to bestow some bear cubs on things. That's cute. Yeah, but the the bestow away mechanic. It bestow yes. away. Bestow away. Yes, it was a bestowaway. Oh, all right. That's cute. That's cute, and I like right. it. Um, um, so, <laughs> all right, Brian. What uh, what do you got next? What do you got for us? Okay. Um. So this this is something that uh, we may have already covered on a, on an episode. Uh. But <laughs> surprisingly, actually caught me off guard at GP Providence uh, several weeks ago. Uh. It's dealing with unified deck construction rules. Um. So what uh, what these construction rules are now is slightly different than what they were in the past. Uh, what they were in the past is um, if you know if Brogan and I are on a team, and or, or maybe it's all three of us are on a team. We are and one team. One team. And uh, if if I had two copies of Ose Swords to Plowshares, uh, uh, Brogan and Jess both could have uh, one copy. So that the max total across the whole team was four. That's no longer the case. Now, the rule is simply, uh, if I have one or more swords to plowshares, Brogan and Jess can have none. The only exception is basic lands. So if uh, if I decide to use a particular fetch, uh, it's now unavailable to my teammates to use in their deck as well. Wait, hold on. The only exception is basic lands? Um... So we can't run 
We can't run three Relentless Rats decks. Oh, goodness gracious. So no player may use cards that are, let's see here, except for cards with the basic super type or cards that uh, or cards with text that specify otherwise. So, so, so cards that specify maybe, but, otherwise. So I can't have it in my deck if you have it in your deck, but but it says I can have any number of them in my deck. So so can we play Relentless Rats? <laughs> can we can we play some basic rats? You know, it would have been really nice if you'd asked this question before we got I on the air. I just thought of it. I don't know. <laughs> it, and I, I do want to name I do want to name the decks the basic rats. Like can we just name I... the team basic rats? <laughs> I accept. Team Judge Cast Basic Rats. I mean, here, here's the thing. It says cards with basic super type or cards with text that specify otherwise. Like, really, that that little clause right there seems to only apply to to Relentless Rats. All right. Well, then ship it. We can have... Wait, isn't there isn't there that black card that fetches a demon? Oh, yeah, that you can play any number of those. No, yeah, yeah but, but if, you're gonna, if you can play Rats or that, because that card, <laughs> that card that you go... That that shadow whatever card. Shadow only one of us apostle. would be able. Only one of us would be able to have the demon. Oh, that's true. So. Well, I could, we could play multiple demons. We could just be playing three demon tribal decks. No, anyway. I think you have to. I think it goes and gets a specific demon. No, uh, is does it? I think we're we're uh, we're really embracing the the spooky factor of this one. That's why we're playing demon tribal. <laughs> Shadowborn Apostle will go get. Oh no! Search your library for a demon card. So yeah, we could play different demons. That's what I thought. So yeah, Shut we're uh, we're we're playing Liliana Tribal. We're playing each playing different kinds of Liliana, fetching the different demons that Liliana has had to uh, fight. Wow, we're going in on flavor hard here. Yeah, we're we're All right. we're. I mean, if we're yeah. trying to play the weirdest unified deck, and we can even play Relentless Rats. Look at. We're we're so good here. The problem is we 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 can't all have the same demons to search for. That's true. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, everybody's demons are unique. <laughs> cool. Everybody has their own. Cool. Demons. Yeah, that's all. Well, that's deep. All right. So yeah, I, this actually it got me in Providence as well. Like some players walked up before this team unified modern. And we're like, yeah. So we that mean we means we can like total across us. We can play up to four. I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. And somebody else ran up and was like, "You know, I just said the exact same thing, and I was wrong. So I'm going to let you know that that that's not the case." So there was this weird chain going through judges who did not know that this was the case. So yeah, I didn't know either. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean that happens every once in a while. Sometimes you don't know something, and uh, and you tell someone the wrong thing. I know actually at GP Phoenix last weekend that happened where. Um, there were players who had been told that Two-Headed Giant was 12 packs instead of 8 packs, and there Oof. was some awkwardness when we started our Two-Headed Giant event. Oh. Um, That's super sad. Uh, well, it actually turned out well, uh, because due to the mistake and the miscommunication, once we confirmed that that miscommunication had happened, uh, we gave everyone in the event four extra packs to build with. So, I bet those decks wow. were awesome. Yeah, well, the people, the players were extremely happy with that. And that was uh, that was that was awesome on uh, the part of the people that made that decision, and on the part of Channel Fireball for for doing so, that. So uh, let me ask this: how many how many players were in the like how many players were told that versus how many? Uh, uh, there were like were there? there were like twenty teams, and out of those twenty teams, like four or five of them were like, "Yeah, we were told this thing." Um, oh, <clears throat> well, and that's that's. It's easier to say 
we're going to give out another two boxes than it is to say, sorry, guys, we like- I know you signed up for something and thought it was one thing, but it was actually something else. So you don't have to we'll give you a refund for this event you waited around to play in. Uh, yeah, go on, like, on Channel Fireball for that. That's uh, really- it was like, well, the the obviously the the real problem was the communication at the beginning, but it's also an easy mistake to make, right? Because you get twelve packs of the pre release for two headed giant, so it, it's it's an yeah. understandable thing. But uh, so yeah, it was it was great of them to recognize there was this communication error that occurred on our end and, that caused this problem. So we're going to fix it. And and just to be clear, the reason why you get twelve packs at the pre release is because you get two boxes of six packs. Like yeah. little pre pre made get the pre release boxes. Right. Yeah. Like that's why that's why it's twelve now. Because mm-hmm. I can't I give know. you part of a pre release box. Alright. Um we are we are coming toward where we should probably be wrapping up this episode. So let's let's get into the last does anybody have any more rules they want to talk about? If if so, let's let's bring up the last rule for everybody. Um Brogan, I- do you have any more? Uh, the only other one that I, I did a quick reach out to some people who I thought might have interesting ideas. Um, the only other questions that I thought might be relevant were relative to uh, hostage taker and control changing and who gets to cast the thing if let's I cast the hostage taker and exile some, something of Jess's and then Jess confiscation coups my hostage taker. Can I still cast the thing I exiled? And the answer is yes, I can, uh, because I was the one. Like it, it, it locks in when you when the trigger happens. It doesn't. That part doesn't change. Right. It's the one shot effect that creates that, not the yeah. not a static ability on the card. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. If it was okay. something like uh, what's the card from R- RTR, the the Demir one that lets you cast play things off your opponent's libraries oh i don't remember it now i remember the card you're talking about but no there's there's you're Uh, talking about the one that had like shadow or menace or some weird thing two three flyer i think Um, oh yeah anyway that that one lets it it, when it deals combat damage you exile a thing and says you may play it um that one it's whoever controls it I cannot remember the name of the card for the life of me. I played this card in standard. Um, anyway, but yeah, uh, with specifically with Hostage Shaker in this case, even if somebody takes my my uh, my Hostage Shaker, I have already taken their thing away. It is a hostage. I can play it. Right, the hostage taker acquires the hostage. It doesn't keep it. It's not a prison guard. Right, it just it just it just goes and gets it and leaves it to the goons. It just sits it over there. Now you be a good hostage and you stay right there. You stay here. I'm gonna until, go over here for a little I'm while. Ready to have you fight for me for some I, reason. You just stay there, and and you know if you if you need to let go, you know, come out, then you can. <laughs> it's an option. It's an it's on the honor system. Um, you can come out if you fight for me. <laughs> that was the uh, the other interesting one that I had. And I, like, like I said, mine are more specific interactions than shuffling, huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, Brian, I've still got one, but Brian, do okay. you have one you want yeah, to talk I've got, about? Yeah, I've got one last thing, and this isn't necessarily like a rule that you're going to find in the MTR or the uh, IPG or anything like that, but... What I, what I wanted to stress is that um, 
if you are in a particular, if you're at a store and you see, you know, a situation of uh, abuse or theft or anything like that, that's that's a serious, that's a really serious matter. Uh, keep in mind, you're you're not the police. Okay? You should contact the police. You should in those definitely cases. contact the police, but you're you're not the police. So if you if you w- witness a theft. Call the police. Tell the store owner and call the police. Unless you actually are the police and also a judge, in which case you probably know what to do better than we do. Right. Right. But don't be don't be chasing people down. Don't be don't tackle them. Don't uh, prevent them from leaving the store. Insist on searching their bag. Don't Uh, insist on searching their bag. Yeah. Don't if they have if they have you know if you believe they have counterfeit cards, do not confiscate them. It's still their property. It is still their property. You have no yeah. – the IPG does not give you any any authority to do that kind of stuff. We're, um, we're still – go ahead. I was going to say it gives you no authority over another person or their property right. to be very clear about it. Right. You can DQ uh, them from the right. event. That's because that's because you have authority over the tournament. Correct. But right. not over that person or anything they have in their possession. Right. right. We're, um, we're, we are we, – when we conduct <laughs> investigations – we are not conducting criminal investigations. That is not something we are authorized to right. do. Right. Nor are we trained to, really. Right. You know, I'm going I'm to pull up the, the light and, like, shine it in their eyes and be like, did you take that card? I don't know. Who is the good cop where and who is the were, bad cop? Where were you during round three? I What? During round three? I don't, I don't know. I was, I was over... Uh, table 27. Really? Oh, really? I went table to time. 27? I promise I went to time. <laughs> I didn't. I round three. Why didn't I was, you turn in a match slip? I was at Hardee's. Oh. Okay, I was at Hardee's. I got hungry <laughs> and I went and I got a, a a burger with with onion rings on it. Okay, onion rings. Really, you got it with onion rings? Okay, no, I didn't. I just got the chicken nuggets. I don't know why I said onion rings. <laughs> that was a very specific mental image you created there, Brian. <laughs> Good job. Uh, also, okay. the card I was thinking right. of was Night Vale Spectre. That works differently than Hostage Taker, but moving on. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, so I th- I'm going to bring up my last one, if that's okay with everybody. It's one uh, – I think this is my new favorite rule. Um, <laughs> this is uh, – it's 904.12, uh, and this rule is just the words – Super villain rumble option. It's so good. Yes. That's it. That's all. That's 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 the rule. <laughs> Did it. Read it. This the super villain rumble option has some sub rules and it explains what it is. What it is is it's a, a variant of Arch Enemy, which is by the way, my favorite uh multiplayer format. Uh <laughs> and, as we all know uh, it is not Commander. Yeah. Well, I mean I I, I don't I like it because, but oh, I've only ever played as the arch enemy. Uh, that explains a lot. Yeah, I like to be like, you know, building a deck where hex is playable because you're just trying to blow up everything. And I don't like to play commander where you have all these like, you know, alliances to worry about. I just want to know that the, the world politics. is against me and I should crush them. Uh, Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the super villain rumble option is just like that, but it's free for all and everyone is an arch enemy which means they all have a scheme deck so and it's and it everybody can attack everybody but everyone's the bad guy yeah so you play with the free for all uh 
alternate game rules, uh, which is in a different section, uh, and everybody uses their own scheme deck, and you have the attack multiplayer, uh, I'm sorry, attack multiple players option as well. So, uh, so you are basically you're allowed to attack anybody, you're allowed to do anything to anybody, and it's free for all. So it's just last villain standing. And I, lo- and I is, like the, the name Super Villain Rumble. It's is, the Super Villain Rumble. It's so good. Super well, it's so it's good. super villain. It's not it super like, villain. Super, super villain Rumble sounds like it sounds it sounds like and we were talking about this before the show. It's, it sounds like a like a web based Java Smash Brothers clone. Yeah, it's like it, it's just like it sounds like a bad like I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, a it's super a, it's villain a Rumble knockoff mobile version. Yes, <laughs> that you that you like bootleg downloaded from who knows where because you had to get your phone out of region lock to download it. <laughs> yeah i love it i love it all right so that's that's uh that's i think my new favorite rule is 904.12 so we started with my old favorite rule and now we ended with my new favorite rule that's a pretty um, good that's a pretty good pretty strong good favorite rule. contenders here super with, villain rumble option with the the sto- the event locator and super villain rumble option <laughs> maybe oh maybe that's the option on your controller to turn the vibrate on or off uh oh yeah yeah <laughs> it was a special thing you could buy for the for the n64 it was the super villain rubble pack yes exactly uh, it made bowser particularly scary oh man also super super villain rumble option will be the name of the first downloadable pack for the new star wars battlefront that comes out next month <laughs> All right. Oh man, that I think we've great. I think we've milked this one as much sure. as we can. We've we've ended the super villain rumble. Oh, sad day. Um, okay, so uh, in that case, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, you, I, I want to thank you for listening to episode 185, our uh, kind of Halloween odds and ends episode where we just talk about rules. And uh, remind you that if you're not already subscribed, you can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can rate us five stars on the uh, on the Apple Podcast app. Um, you can contact us if you have questions via judgecast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash judgecast, twitter.com slash judgecast. Uh, and you can check out our archive at judgecast.com as well as a list of episodes geared at helping you become a judge. Um, I'd like to thank you again for uh, listening. Thank our hosts, as always, for hosting. My name's Jess Dunks, and I keep it fair. And I'm Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman, and I keep requesting priority and then taking no action with it. I got it back. <laughs>